You guys have more experience in life. Y'all know more about life. You probably have more wisdom than I do. And I'm just like, man, how do I preach to you guys? Um, oh man, I'm like, even like shaking now. Um, but, um, but I, so, but, but God convicted me. He's like, you know what? Just, just preach the word. And, and so I'm excited to be up here and just to hopefully, um, be used to open up the word to you guys. And so, um, and so let's what we're going to do. We're going to just go dive into the word. So if you have your Bibles, if you already there, turn to John chapter one. And um, as uh, Pastor Dave mentioned last week, uh, we, we were finishing our John. Or sorry, we just started our we want to talk about John. We, we just finished our Psalm series and we're going to start a three week little series uh, going into the doctrine of Christ, and this will lead us into Easter, um, and so that's what we're going to be doing, and more specifically this week, what we're going to do is look at um, Christ, and more specifically as Him being the eternal Son, and so that's what we're going to look at today, who is Christ as the eternal Son, and so if maybe you're in here, you're a note taker, um, this is where we're going to go, if you're, um, you, as you see, we don't have an outline in the bulletin, um, but so here's the outline that I'm going to give to you, we're going to look at three things to that point to Christ being the eternal son. Um, and after we look at those three things, we're going to look at three implications that we're going to take from that. And so um, if you're one of those note takers, um, that's where we're going to go. Um, if you're like me, I'm just like, I'm just hearing little truths here and there. And so uh, but let's, let's look at John chapter one. I want to read this um, for us and I'm going to pray for us as we get into this. So in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything that was made, uh, not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Please um, pray for me, and I'm going to pray for you in this time. And so God, I just... Um, I, I, we've been praying, we've been singing to you, but, I, but even right now, I just pray that you would be, um, that we would see you through your word. We would see your glorious wonders through your word. We would see your glorious acts through your word. That we would see you for who you are and what you have done. And I, I pray that you would just bless us with a knowledge of you here today. That you would bless us with an experience of you today. That you would bless us with, with eyes open to see your word and, and, and your spirit working in our hearts here today. Um, we pray for transformation. We pray for a blessing, a transformation, and, and just a heart to love you, a heart to pursue you after all of this. Jesus, in your name we pray. Amen. So let's look at this. Um, so in the beginning, and we're going to stop there. So, so, so the first thing that we need to see that that points to Christ as being the eternal Son is this is is actually in the first three words. In the beginning, if you look at that, uh, what John here is doing is is he's pointing back to creation, right? And, and, and so what John is trying to say here, and what we had to see the first point of being the Christ being the eternal Son is that Christ was at creation. Um, he's pointing to, you know, if you think about it, right, Genesis 1-1 says what? It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? And, and, and so, so in the beginning was the Word. And we're going to talk about what the Word means later on. So I kind of want to just focus in, on the three words, in the beginning. And, and, and so, so what John is saying is Christ is there at creation, 
Um, it, you know, uh, John, he, he likes to, he will expand on this idea later on. We kind of had the luxury of kind of going into John today because we're not going to be, you know, preaching over John. So kind of, if we look in John, stuff like John 8.58, right? In John 8.58, Jesus says to them, you know, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. And so John kind of dives into this idea of, yeah, Christ was there. You know, he was there with the people. He was interacting with the people. But at the same time, he's going into this idea of, no, he was there even before he was present on this earth. Right? And Jesus says, you know, before Abraham was, I am. And he says here, you know what? Well, Christ is at creation. Right? He says, you know, even before Abraham, he was at creation. So maybe some of you may even be thinking, you know what, well, yes, Christ was there at creation. But maybe you might be asking, you know, maybe he was created a little bit before creation. Right? That, that, that could, might be a possibility. Yeah, even though he was at creation, but, but, but he might not be an eternal being where he was like, you know, uh, you know, before Genesis 1-1, God created Christ. I mean, that, that, that is a possibility, but what John makes clear here and what he makes clear in this passage and with his vocab is that not only was Christ at creation, but what he is saying here, he was already in existence. And so what we want to see here uh, and, and how John makes that clear is um, and it, you see it in John chapter eight. In John chapter eight, uh, Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you before Abraham was, I am. Right. And so that word he uses here before Abraham was, uh, this word was is kind of, uh, is used as a word to, uh, before Abraham came into being. And that's what John uses there. Before Abraham came into being, and he goes, I already existed. And that's what Jesus is saying here. And so when, when Jesus goes, before Abraham came into being, I was, or I am. And so that word that John uses there at the end to explain Jesus' existence is the same word he uses in John 1.1. In the beginning was the word. So what John is trying to make clear here and trying to point us to him being the eternal son is that Christ was not only at creation, but he was in existence at creation. He was always there in, in existence. And so this idea of in the beginning he was there, there was not a time where Christ was not in existence. So there was, a, if anything, there was a time, there was never a time where the Word was not. And so that's, that's what John is getting at here. And that's the first thing that we kind of see is that in the beginning was the Word. In the beginning, Christ was there. At creation, Christ was there. And so we're going to move along with this first part pretty quick. Uh, we have a lot of work to do. And so what we see here is the first thing was uh, that John is trying to get at is Christ is at creation. And the second thing that we need to see here is that is we need to see Christ and his unique relationship with God and how this points to him being eternal, the eternal son. Right. And, and so in John one, it says in the beginning was the word. But if you look back into it, he says, and the word was with God. Right. And so what stands out here, the what word stands out here is actually the word with. Right. And the, and the word was with God. Right. Um, and so uh, with is this case. Uh, in this case, it's not the idea that that Christ was, you know, just standing there at creation. 
right? John is not making the case that, you know, he was just there when God made creation. Um, and, and it wasn't this idea where like, okay, hey, God, God's over here. He's making the mountains and he's making the suns and the stars and he's making all the planets. And then there was just, just Jesus standing there. John uses indicates relationship. And so it's kind of like this, right? Let's say Christine and I was kind of out in public. We were kind of maybe going out, uh, you know. Sorry. We're going out into public and we're going out, maybe we're going to eat or we're just somewhere out walking around Boston. Um, and let's just say this guy comes up. I know she's so beautiful. I know guys will try to hit on her all the time, right? And so let's just say this guy comes up to her and he starts like talking to her. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be like, yo, homie, step off, right? She's with me, right? And so when I say she's with me, I'm not saying, oh, she's, you know, by my side, you know. She's not just with me. She's just kind of tagging along. But rather, when I say she's with me, that means what I'm saying is she's my wife and I'm her husband, right? What I'm trying to say when I say things like, oh, she's with me, it's like she belongs to me and I belong to her. Right? There's this, this idea of with, this is idea. What John is trying to say is, hey, 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 it's not just he was there, but rather that this Jesus has this connection that he is with God. Right? He has a connection. He has this connection, this relationship, this unique relationship. Because if you couple that with the beginning, he has this unique relationship with the Father. And we see here John beginning to, um, Kind of, um, we see this this idea where, where where John begins to formulate this his theology of the Godhead here, um, and we see because of this relationship, we see because of this this relationship that Christ has with the Father, right? Christ has this unique relationship, and as this relationship, he is able to reflect the image of the Father. He is able to reflect and be the image of the invisible God. Right, Christ, in his unique relationship, he has the fullness of God. And in, in Colossians says the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And so everything that God is in his infiniteness and in his goodness, and that is what we see in Christ. So Christ as a son cannot just be a begotten being. Christ as a son cannot just be a finite being, a created being, because Christ as the Son shares everything that He shares with the Father. So if the Father is infinite, then the Son is infinite. If the Father, and so we see this unique relationship, this unique intimacy that Christ has with the Father. And so we see Him talking about God and the Son, and He begins to develop it. And we see John kind of quickly opening these points up and he, he, he begins to, um, and, and these things begin to roll over. And, he, and this, this idea of the Godhead of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and, and it begins to roll over even to the next point. And so the third thing that we see that point to Christ as the eternal Son is that the Word was God. And so Christ is God. So we have Christ that is at creation and the unique relationship that Christ has. And now we look at Christ being God. Right? The point is obvious. Right? The point John makes here is obvious. It's obvious what he's trying to do here. It's obvious that Christ is God. But what he says 
But what we try to see here and what he's trying to develop here is Christ. Yes, he is one with God, but he is separate. He, he is one with God, but he is unique. Right? We, we see that there is a relationship, but at the same time, um, there, there, there is unity and there, 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 and there are different, um, right? and we see that there, that Christ and God, they're equal, but they're also different. And, and so, what John is doing here is what well, he begins to kind of build this picture of Christ. He begins to um, he, try, he begins to formulate this whole picture of of who Christ is. And so, even in John chapter twenty, John twenty thirty to thirty one, um, you don't have to turn there, but it says, "Now John did many other signs." No, sorry. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which not written in this book. But he says, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So John is kind of writing these things. He's saying, look, Christ, he's more than, he was more than just a person that you just saw roaming around on the streets. He was more than just a person who could do these signs and miracles. But rather, what, 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 what he wants us to see through, um, the, what, through what his writing, he's saying, look, look, Christ is God in the flesh. And he will continue to go on and talk about that, but not in the passage we're going over today. But he's saying, look, look, this is God in the flesh that you're seeing here. This is God in the flesh that you saw here. He is God and not just another person that you saw. He wasn't just a person with tricks that could, that could, that could do tricks. Or he was just an, another normal person. He wasn't a good teacher, but rather he goes, no, 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 no. I want you to see that Christ, that Jesus is the Christ and he is the son of God. So really quick, we went over those three, you know, these things point, he starts off with these pointing him, like this is the eternal son. And we see that he was Christ, at cre- he was at creation. We see this, this unique relationship, he's saying, hey, there's this relationship. And also we see that he is God in the flesh. So what is it that we want to do with this? Um, what is it that we do with, what, what, what does John want us to do? And so we're going to look at three implications of these three, of these three things. And um, they will correlate. And what we're going to go through right now, it will correlate with the first three points. And so if you look at this, in verse uh, John 1, 3, why don't you guys look at, your, look at the Bible. In John 1, 3, it says, All things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. And so, so the first thing that we need to see here is Christ is creator and we are creation. And that's what we have to see here. Christ is creator and we are creation. And, and so, so what is happening here is what, Christ, what John is doing is he's putting everything in one box. Everything that you see. Everything that you feel, everything that we, that we have around us is all in one box. And this is, well, this is the box of creation. Everything that you, that, that, that we have around us is creation. And over here, into another box is just Christ. Right? And so there, here's Christ, and here is creation. Everything that, that, that there is. And so, so, so what, 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 what John is doing is he's separating us. He separated us and goes, Christ has created and we're creation. And so, um, we did, I used to, um, a few years ago, I went to Kenya, 
um, I would do a few mission trips. We would go door to door evangelism. We would walk around from one city to another city to house to house. And as we walk around, we would see a lot of different sicknesses, right? Um, we would we, we would talk to people, see how they're doing, but we would encounter a lot of things. Like one of the things I encountered was seeing a man with leprosy, right? Um, it was the weirdest thing. I never knew what it looked like. You know, you just hear stories of leprosy or um, uh, like through, through scripture. And like this guy, like I remember, um, like you would shake his hand, but then like his hand would be like like this, right? If you look at it, like his fingers had fallen off. And, and so, like, I shook his hand, and I realized, quickly realized, I was like, um, I think he has leprosy. And I was like, I started freaking out a little bit, because I was like, wait, can I catch that by touching him? And, and so, so I, I wasn't sure, and so I started, you know, but, but there's these different things that we saw from time to time, people with malaria, different sicknesses. Um, so, one of the days when we were walking around, um, we, we, uh, so we walk around and talk about our days, and at the end of our day, we kind of debrief as a team. And I wasn't there for this, but this, I remember this story. Um, one of our team members, he shared how, as they walked around, um, he shared how he came in contact with a woman who had a bad eyesight. Um, and so he kind of shared what happened in that moment. And, and so what happened was, he met with the woman, and then he goes, you know what, like, I guess he began to pray for her, and they start talking, and he prayed for her, uh, so, you know, asking God to help her with her vision, and nothing, I guess, in that moment, nothing happened, and so what he goes on to continue in the story, he goes, you know what, he goes, I'm going to do this, and he goes, he starts to spit on the ground, right, so, and he begins to make a little mud and whatnot, right, sounds familiar, and so he takes that mud and begins to put it into that lady's eyes. And I'm just like, what are you doing, dude? And then, and, and then so I'm hearing this. I'm like freaking out a little bit. And then, and then so what happens here is he's like, and then he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, but nothing happened after that. I'm like, of course nothing happened after that. Like, what do you think you're doing? Like, like, so, but here's the thing. Like, when Christ does that, he's creator, right? When Christ makes the mud on the ground and puts it on the eyes, it's not so much of that mud, but rather it was it, it, it was a thing about Christ. Christ was saying, hey, you know what? I'm creator at this moment. I'm the one who can fix this. And, and so, so here again, he's creator and we're creation. We can't just go making mud and putting people's eyes and stuff like that. Um, it was crazy though, right? But, but, but this, is this, this, this is the distinction that John is making here. And this is where, this is how, um, uh, this is, and this helps us to understand, you know, what John means by when he says uh, the word. In the beginning was the word, right? Um, this idea that John uses when he talks about the word, um, it's not so much uh, about, you know, just the Bible and it says like, oh, is, is, is the Bible only, right? The word isn't just, um, just a few things that God say, but rather when John says, you know, in the beginning was the word. What he is saying here is that as creator, as the one that Jesus, as being creator, being the one who, um, being the one uh, who created it all, God was using Christ as the agent to create it all, right? And so when, when, when God was creating the world, he was using Christ and using him to be the agent to, in the creation, and so when, God, when when John here says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word is actually the deeds 
Uh, and the, so, so what happens is the deeds and words of Christ is actually the deeds and words of God. Right? And, and, and so as creator, being the agent that God uses, right, everything that we do here in life, um, everything we do in life is, is, is found, um, sorry, as creator um, and as being the word, and being the one who is the creator, the agent, and being the one who has planned, and uh, as he creates, he sets out life, and he gives purpose, and he gives um, reasons, and he gives uh, life meaning when he creates it, right? And, and so, um, let me explain it in this way. Um, I've heard this example, um, I think it was through Matt Chandler. Um, a lot of times we think of the word as this. We, a lot of times we think of the word as um, and maybe the scripture in general, we think of the Bible as a love note, right? It is always God's love letter to us, right? Or we kind of think of it as, hey, it is the manual to life. Or we think of it like, um, uh, you know, how to be good. Or we think of it as, um, we think of it as maybe the roadmap to life, right? Um, but rather, the Bible, what we, ha- what we see here, it's not just a bunch of do's and don'ts in this. But rather, it is the story of God trying to reconcile creation back to himself. It is the story of God trying to reconcile a broken and lost people back to himself through his son for the glorification of the son. And so what, what this, this book is really all about is, is about the glory of Christ. So as creator, as creator, he is the one who receives glory. As creator, he is the purpose of it all. As creator, he is the one who receives and and will receive all glory. As creator, he is the purpose of all things. And so a question is, you might be asking, yeah, you know what? Well, scripture is used for teaching and reproof and for every good works, right? I mean, that's what scripture says. But if those things aren't rooted in, 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 in pointing us to Christ, then it loses its purpose, right? And it doesn't matter how good we are. It doesn't matter how, how perfect your attendance here is at church. It doesn't matter how um, good of a person we become. Because if this doesn't live, if our, if our good works don't point us to Christ, if our, our, our getting rid of lust doesn't point, point us to Christ, then it's just religion, right? And, and so, ultimately, our good works, ultimately, the, our correction, ultimately, our, our behavior modification, it must lead us to the glory of Christ. It must lead us to a pursuit of Christ. It, it must lead us into a knowledge of Christ, right? The, us getting rid of sin isn't just for the sake of getting rid of sin, but rather us and you getting rid of your sin is a, is a matter of knowing Christ. Because at creation, and as creator, he gives purpose. He is the purpose. God uses Christ so that Christ may be glorified. And another thing that we see here um, in John 1, 4, it says, In him was life. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness. 
And so, so what we, second thing that we see here is that Christ brings us out of darkness and into relationship. He, he, he brings us out of darkness and into relationship. And so let's talk about this word darkness that we see here. Um, I want to talk about the word darkness in us. Um, and so John uses this word that, that, that Christ is the light and, and we're in darkness. Right? Um, in John chapter 3 verses 19 through 20, he says this. He says, and this is the judgment that the light has come into the world. And the people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light. And the light does not come to the light lest, lest his works should be exposed. So in our sin and in our darkness that reigns in our hearts, we did evil. Right? In John, he talks about how this darkness inside of us, it makes us love. We're like, we love darkness and we love evil. We, in our darkness, we love these things. It wasn't somehow that like, you and I got trapped and got tricked into doing bad things. It wasn't that we kind of just slipped and fell and sort of just accidentally hated someone. But our hearts are drawn to darkness, as the scripture talks about. Our hearts desire evil deeds. We're, we're, we're prone to wander because the Bible tells us that, that we hate God. We're, we're prone to wander because, because in your hearts, there's this idea of rebellion. In, in, in this, in our hearts, there's rebellion. In our hearts, there is, um, there's this thing where I hate God and I want nothing to do with God and I am an enemy of God. And in our hearts, we hate him and want nothing to do with him. And so a lot of times, uh, last week I was talking to the, the high schoolers in our Sunday school class. Um, I asked them, you know, like, what are, the, what are some of the things that make, that, that we believe or um, that make God a bad God? Like, what are some of the beliefs that, 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 you know, what are some of the questions or what are some of the things that, that we think about that, that kind of puts God into a bad light? And so, a lot of questions that are thrown out there are stuff like, you know, why does God save some and not others? Or how can God send people to hell? Or how can God let there be suffering? Right? These, these are relevant questions, even as we think about today, or we think about this weekend, that attacks in London. Like, like, why would God let these things happen? Or, you know, we got stuff, questions like, why, do, why does God let bad things happen to good people? But here's the thing. In all of these questions, we assume that you and I are fundamentally good people. Right? Because in these questions, it is the assumption that we deserve life. In these questions, it is that the idea that, that you know what? God shouldn't send people to hell. That, that we don't deserve hell. So, so if we don't deserve hell, why should God send people to hell? Like in these, in these questions is assumption, um, is, is the assumption like that God is unfair. But it is at the very core of our sinfulness. It is at the very core of our, uh, of the, of, of our hearts is the darkness. We stand at we stand at opposition to God. 
But it is crazy and it is ridiculous as to why God would even give us a chance. It is crazy and ridiculous to even think, why would God be, give a, a chance to rebellious people? We, a lot of the students ask, why doesn't God just destroy all evil? The, the answer to that is, if he did, we would all be in judgment right now. If, we, if he did, if, if God judged evil, then we would all, not one of us here would pass. Not one thing, because, because why? Think about what you thought about this morning. Think about what you thought about this week. Think about the things that, that, that triggers when you see things on the screen. What triggers in your hearts? Think about what, what, what your heart triggers when, when you hear something that your spouse says that you just don't agree with. Think about the hate that you have towards your coworker. I mean, just, there's so many things that, that we are going to be condemned for, that we can be condemned for. And the, so at the, at the center of this, when, when, it is crazy to think about this darkness that John talks about here. But this verse, in him was life. Look at it. John 1.4. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. And this light shines into the darkness. The word of God. The very plan of God is to come and destroy evil. And as he, and he did. The very plan of God. The very word of God was the idea that Christ was to go and to, to, to come into a hopeless world. And to bring hope into it. it was to, the plan was to come into an evil world and to, to come to rebellious people and bring these rebellious people back to Him. It is crazy to think why God would even do such a thing and why God would even come to save rebellious people. He brought hope to a hopeless world and to an undeserving people. Because we love darkness. We love our sin. We're drawn to our sin. We're drawn to hate God. And yet God goes, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I wanna send my son. I'm gonna send my son into this darkness. And I'm gonna shine the light into the darkness. And I'm gonna bring you out of that darkness. I'm gonna bring you out of your, your pain. I'm going to bring you out of your suffering. I'm going to bring you out of your shame. I'm going to bring you out of your guilt. I'm going to bring you out of everything that, you're, you're, that you've been struggling with because of sin. And I will make a way. And I can make a way. You may go through it for a little bit, but, I, but, but there's a way out. And He's going to shine into that darkness. He's going, to, he's going to give you glimpses of hope. He's going to give you glimpses of His love. He's going to give you glimpses of peace. And what he does is he takes us out of that darkness. Takes us out of that darkness and brings us into relationship with the Son, or with the Father. And he gives us this relationship as sons and daughters. If we, if we want to ask the question, why God? We need to ask the question, why would you even give your Son? Why would you sacrifice your son? Why would you even step into the darkness? Why would you even love a rebellious people? Why would you even do such a thing? So why send your son into our darkness and bring us into relationship with you? And so the last thing that we need to see here, the third implication is, 
that we need to see that, that John is trying to show us is that Christ is the eternal king. Let's look at the phrase, has not overcome, right? In, in John 1, 5, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Right? And he says, and the darkness has not overcome it. Right? And so what we see here in that little phrase, the darkness has not overcome, is that we see that darkness tries to push back. What we see here is that the darkness tries to put up a fight with God. Right? We, we see that darkness will try to overthrow the light, but it can't. It tries to take a place of the light, but it can't, and it won't. There's a fight, but not really a fight between light and darkness. And so as we kind of look at the sun, and as we remember the sun these next few weeks, this is, this is kind of a, a reminder of, of what we're celebrating with Easter. Right? We, we, this is what we're remembering. We're remembering that death, Satan, and sin don't win. What we celebrate that day is that, that, that sin does not win. That death has not overcome the grave. They put up a fight, but they can't overcome, and they won't overcome. And they won't win. Because in the end, it is Christ who has victory over death. In the end, it is Christ who has victory over darkness. In the end, it is Christ who sits on the throne and receives all glory. In the end, it is Christ who, who is God on the throne, right? And, and as John says a few, ba- a, a, a few verses back, and the Word was God. In the beginning was the Word, and in the end is the Word. And in this word, the God in the flesh, and he comes down, he will reign. He is the one who overcomes. He is the one who is victorious. He is the one who wins and overcomes all. I'm going to read you this quote from Piper, John Piper. It says, if Jesus Christ is not God, he could not accomplish your salvation. And in his glory, and his glory, if Jesus were not God, and his glory would not be sufficient to satisfy your everlasting longing for new discoveries of beauty. If you throw away the deity of Christ, you throw away your soul, and with it all your joy in the age to come. If you are in Christ here today, for those of us who are in Christ, we have something to look forward to. For those of us in Christ, in here, who are in Christ, there's going to be one day that we're going to be gathered around this throne. There's going to be one day we're going to be praising His name forever because of His uh, victory over sin and death. We're going to be praising Him for an eternity because He has overcome this sin and death and that He reigns on high. We will praise His name forever because He has overcome sin and death. And because of that, we become sons and daughters. We praise His name because He is the King who satisfies all His people. He is the King who is the one that's going to be praised and worshipped for an eternity. There's nothing that's going to dethrone Him. There's nothing that is greater than Him. There's nothing that's going to be, that is better than Him. There's nothing that will satisfy more than He can. We're not going to get tired. Um, and the music team, if we could sing that, uh, what a beautiful name again. Um, it's kind of unplanned, but 
I, I, I love that, 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 that song as I, was, I was, as I was looking at the words to that song. Man, there's nothing greater. There, there's nothing that will overcome. Right? There, the death did not overcome. There's nothing greater. The beautiful name of Christ saves. The beautiful name of Christ brings you back into a relationship. The beautiful name of Christ will be the only one that you will be singing forever and ever. And so let's just do that here in these next few moments. Remember Him as the, the one who is the eternal being. Remember Him as the one who is not just create, not, not, you know, not just as the one who is creation, but He is creator. He is the one that we're going to be worshiping. Forever and ever. Let's pray. God, I just, um, a lot of words were said. Um, maybe some confusing words. Um, but I pray that your word in here speaks louder. I pray that your work in our hearts um, are greater than the words that were said. And I know your grace is sufficient for us. Would you help us to see you in your full glory? Would you help us to see um, how good you are, how great you are? Would you help us to see how you stepped into our darkness and you brought us out of that darkness? You took us out of our sin and shame. Would you help us to see that? Thank you, Jesus. Bringing us back into a relationship with the Father. Jesus' name I pray. Please rise as we sing in response.